tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm! And welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. I love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. Joining me as always is my good friend, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? And the other guy on the show, Johnny Nice. Jay <laughs> Johnny Woodard. Oh, great. great. Johnny, Thanks, how are you? I'm okay. <laughs> I just love love those intros, man. Uh, you're the best, Johnny. You know I love you. <laughs> guys, if you want to see me live, I'm very excited. I just had a date. I'm going to be in Minneapolis at the House of Comedy. And guess what? I'm bringing Yoshi with me, okay? So it's going to be there. My buddy Johnny Bancourt's going to be there as well. He's documenting everything. So I'm going to start shooting all these shows so you guys can see how chaotic my shows are and how much fun they are so if you want to see me live you can go to uh sam com grab tickets so Mar- may 27th through 29th i am in minneapolis then proud to announce back in the saddle the tinfoil hat comedy show will be live back in houston uh myself eddie bravo Let's go. That guy right there, Xavier Guerrero, and Reed Becker will be joining us. And um, we're going to shoot the whole thing. I'm probably going to shoot special out of there. I got, I got, this, this, this material's overcooked. I've done it. I want to, I want to put it out there. Got to start writing some new stuff. So uh, if you want to come see us rock. So here's what's going to happen, guys. We're doing two nights, Friday and Saturday. Again, that is June 11th and June 12th. What we're going to do is the first show stand-up comedy. The second show is going to be a podcast, but it's going to be a special kind of podcast. It's going to be called Pitch Your Conspiracy. It's kind of like Kill Tony meets uh, Shark Tank. Okay? And you basically come up, myself, Xavier, uh, Eddie Bravo will be there, and you're going to pitch us on a conspiracy that you want to hear our thoughts on, and we're going to tell you what we think. So I think that'll be the most fun, and I think it'll be the best time, so you all can come and join us. So come with your conspiracies, man. Come with your conspiracies. And make it quick and short, where you can't be up there for yeah, five minutes. Don't, don't do five limit. chapters yeah. on this shit, okay? So, this isn't like, this isn't the Justice League. We don't need a four-hour fucking movie. <laughs> All right, Johnny. What? Hard to explain an important conspiracy in just a few you seconds. You get to man. a PowerPoint that stuff. Just give me like five talking points I'll, real quick. Come ready. Can't get out. Come ready. Vominos. Come Vominos. Vominos, dog. Vominos, guys. So if you want to see me live, just go check out my dates on samtriplee.com. They are all there. A lot of great stuff going on in Rockfin, as always, guys. 
Uh, I mean, I got so many shows over there. It's uh, Tim Fall Hat Premiums there. My spiritual podcast, Zero, is there. Uh, Conspiracy Social Club is there. What else is there? The GOAT. Broken Simulation. The GOAT is there. The Grace of All Time Sports Talk. Broken Simulation. First previews there. And then we have We Don't Smoke the Same. Now, he's got some, like, video games you're going to be giving away. What are you yeah, giving so away? Yeah, so we're giving away a Switch. We don't know yet how, so you got to stay tuned. But we're giving a Nintendo Switch. You might have to tip. You might have to just subscribe or follow. Two, two of them? Just or one? one. Okay, Uno. Interesting. One, and then another one is going to be a second prize, but just stay tuned. All right, stay tuned, and then Johnny's got a couple shows on there as well. Yeah, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is one easily one of my favorite t-shirts we have. It is called Local Local Celebrity, and I really love it, and it is available at TinfoHatTshirts.com or SamTripoli.com. Go grab it. The Disney shirts are great. We got some new shirts coming out. We'll get some going for Houston for sure. But uh, I love you guys. Anything else, man, go check it out. Support the show. Support us, our premium content, our T-shirts. Help us. I'm sorry, man, but this show has been fire lately, and I'm really enjoying the guest. And today's guest is no different, okay? Uh, Susan Bradford came on and crushed it. Uh, we had some internet issues, but overall, I thought it was a great show. We get into the Venetians, a.k.a. the Black Nobility and the Rothschilds. It is a instant classic, and you guys have to check out her book, Royal Blood Lies. I'm reading it right now, and I love it. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Drink from the fountain of All right, so let's get into it. Uh, you know... The last episode, we had Johnny's uh, favorite guest on of all time, and uh, <laughs> that was a fun show. Uh, but th- this guest, I'm so excited. I've been reading her book, and it is right in my wheelhouse. It is it encompasses so much of what we've been talking about this sh- on this show for the last five years, right, or almost five years. It's such a uh, an incredible thing. She's an independent researcher, and uh, she has a wonderful book called uh, – Royal Blood Lies. I'm so excited to have her on. Please welcome Susan Bradford. How are you? Hi, Sam. I'm doing very well, thank you. Good. I'm so delighted to be on your show. Thank you so much for inviting me. How are you doing this afternoon? Well, we're doing great, and I'm super excited when I tell you that this is my conspiracy Christmas. I am. Uh, I'm being serious because, you know, uh, there's layers upon layers upon layers upon layers upon layers of what is going on. It truly, like you've tried to understand the world. Uh, it is an onion and you could just keep peeling forever. And there's so much going on in the world. And, you know, I'm in a spiritual place. So I like, I, there's a part of me that goes, Hey man, th- people, most people deep downside are good people. They are, they are energy, they're light energy. But, you know, history, as we're told, which I don't believe is always true at all, is like there's these fights going on, constantly wars going on. And you got to wonder, it's like, are are wars naturally occurring? And then you start to go deeper and deeper into this stuff. You start realizing there's very, there's a couple common names that pop up everywhere that are kind of behind it. And then it's like, kind of like thrown out, like, yeah, what can you do that? There's certain people that fund both sides of these, these fights and stuff like that. So 
Uh, real quick, can you tell us a little bit? So that's what this book is about. It's about royal blood lies, and it's a in-depth look at the history of the Venetians and the the Rothschilds. And and when I talk Venetians, am I am I also talking about what's also known as black nobility? Have you ever heard of that term? Yeah. Yes, you are. That's correct. Ooh. And uh, I, I know that. Um, <laughs> I know that before the show began, we were talking about Fauci, and uh, Fauci um, uh, recently appeared before the, the Vatican, um, they're, they're, where they're they're now discussing um, with the pharmaceutical companies, head, head of the pharmaceutical companies, Chelsea Clinton, um, the healthcare providers about this new vaccine. And uh, just in case you know, if you think there's no conspiracy, uh, Fauci got his uh, start with the uh, the Vatican Council back in 1989. Um, when he first launched the AIDS virus. And he, at the same time, he was talking about um, uh, how AIDS could be carried through, you know, very casual contact by meeting somebody. He hyped up the threat. Um, He was trying to kind of create a a great panic among the people to drive sales for the pharmaceutical companies. So he was working, you know, hand in hand with the Vatican to do do this. So I think it's, you know, um, the, the book actually explores the role of the Vatican also, how they have tried, the, they mean the elites, have tried to, um, you know, take over the uh, the role of God through the Vatican in order to kind of play God with everybody's life. Uh, so, 100% when you talk Felci, you talk in the Vatican, here we are with the Jesuits again. And, you, you know, in this show, uh, we, you know, we get called uh, shills, Jewish shills, all this stuff. And because I don't get into Jews run the world because I don't believe Mm -hmm. that. I don't believe that. Even if you wanted to tell me a couple people, a couple Jews run the world, I don't believe that either. I believe the people that run it are of no God and are are no religion except for a dark arts and, and, and just greed and power. And they themselves want to be god that there are uh, there are levels to this shit so if you want to go oh zionists are out here doing all this stuff well i would tell you that not all jews are zionists and not all zionists are jews so it's just like this this broad spectrum And, and it's very interesting because the same people are calling out you know jews zionist stuff they're also the same people that get really mad at Hollywood when they make blanket statements on white people. And you're exactly. like, well, you're really upset when they do that to your group, but then you're just blanket statement doing it to these these people. Now, if you say to me, if you say to me, there are Zionists doing some shady shit, 100%. I wouldn't doubt that because they are just cogs in the machine of this very higher, higher echelon of just darkness and it's not to me it's not it's not white black muslim jew uh christian it's not straight or gay it's just this group of elites that are very high that have concentrated a power and it's moved along over over centuries if not thousands and thousands of years before we get into your book because it is extraordinary dude i know we push a lot of books here on this show but i'm telling you man you got 
to read this book. I can and this is from a guy who's not a great reader. I'm telling you, man, you got to read this book, man, because it breaks it down. It is so well written and it articulates what Mister Dum Dum over here has been trying to say for the last four years in terms of the connections. But I want to get into because I have a I have a buddy I love. His name's Brian Callum. We have a show called Conspiracy Social Club, and all he does is cite books. So I can't wait till you come on with your book. And you'd be like, I got a book. And then, but he's going to be like, what is your research? So tell us a little bit about yourself and how, what made you write this awesome book? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Uh, and, you know, I'd also be happy to address the, the Jewish element a little later, too. And you're absolutely right with your characterization. Um, so in, in terms of who I am, I'm, I'm an investigative journalist. Um, I've been at this for quite a while now, quite a few years. I don't want to age myself too much but i've been uh, my uh, real uh, depth into or uh, delve into the uh, um deep state started with the abramoff investigation now uh, jack abramoff um you know this this is kind of an old scandal but occurred during the um the bush administration and he was one of the top lobbyists so i was able to uh, find out you know why his his voice was absent from um the scandal you know that was being portrayed in in the uh, the media and why and i was interested in why the entire political style was against him. That's when I uncovered the deep state, how they're able to manufacture these scandals, how um, the, the deep state was created within the Indian tribes, which is, you know, his, um, his clients. Um, and once I was able to kind of under, to see all the different financial and political networks within um, the Indian tribes, which formed the foundation of the deep state, everything else fell into, into place. And so I've been trying to kind of educate the public with different books that show different aspects of this, how they took over the churches, how they took over the technocracy and the new technocratic agenda. Um, and um, uh, so with, with this particular book, um, I uh, was kind of researching the, the bloodlines and I discovered that um, the big uh, secret behind the cabal is that for about 2000 years, they've been trying to extinguish the royal bloodline or the um, the divine right to rule, which is God at the pinnacle of society. And they've been doing this to actually do in an effort to play God, you know, as you very you know eloquently stated. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about our friends at Lucy Nicotine. Okay, Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Okay, finally, tobacco has an alternative that doesn't suck. All right. Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine and comes in these three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Holla at your boy. Okay. Lucy has lozenges. Okay. With four milligrams of nicotine that include the following flavors, cherry, ice, citrus, and mint. They went hard in the paint on that. Okay. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on a flight, at work, at the gym, on the go. It doesn't matter, okay? So it's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, okay? And get some Lucy Nicotine Gum or Langeges, okay? This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Okay, Lucy. Lucy, Langeges, and gum. Okay, also have FSA and HSA eligible. So you'll be able to spend pre-tax dollars on them. Okay, this is for the TFH swarm. Okay, 
Go to Lucy.co, C-O, okay, L-U-C-Y dot co, and use the promo code TINFOIL to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lounges, okay? This is Lucy.co. Use the promo code TINFOIL at checkout, okay? I also have to give this disclaimer. Warning, these products contain nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is addictive chemical, okay? Lucy.co, and be sure to use the promo code TINFOIL. When you do your research, you are you are going into, you know, it's like the first season of True Detective, man. You're going into some dark places, looking at some weird stuff, man. And you got to decide, is this real information? Is this pertinent? Is this a piece of this puzzle? And like, what was that process like? I can't imagine because, you know, again, I do a show with a buddy of mine. We look stuff up and, you know, it's like we're living in 1984, man. You are seeing information, <laughs> websites, uh, emails, all this stuff just being wiped off the Internet to the point where you're like, where is it? I know I saw it. Am I a crazy person? Of course, everyone's like, yeah, you're crazy. But you're like, no, I read it. I saw it. I saw it. I know it's real. How did you get so deep into this? Because this is the information that so many people don't want out. Um, that's a very good question. Uh- um, well, I, I, I knew that uh, you know, it's, very, it's kind of somewhat common knowledge among the conspiracy communities that um, the Rothschilds financed both sides of the war, you know, for the Napoleonic Wars and the World War One, World War II. Um, and I discovered that um, they're... Um, they were able to seize control of the um, uh, the British Empire after, through the Napoleonic Wars when they crashed the, the British Empire, and then they were able to um, bankrupt England and, and buy breeding rights into the royal family. But I also saw that they targeted the Holy Roman Empire, and I had I really had never heard, really heard, heard much about um, the Holy Roman Empire. So I began to kind of work backwards to find out how did this come? How did was the Holy Roman Empire created, and what were the you know, the political and financial uh, interests. And so I went right back um, into the, the Roman Empire, um, where I discovered um, how the divine right to rule was established, and also how this coincided with um, the works of William Shakespeare. And then William Shakespeare um, was, uh, he was both Francis Bacon and uh, Sir Walter Raleigh, who, who founded, like they charted the, the path to the United States to create um, a, a nation of, by, and for uh, the free people under God. So they were trying to communicate to us uh, through William Shakespeare how this cabal had taken over. So I was kind of looking at the, the, um, the symbols and and how Shakespeare was encoded, and then matching that up with history, um, with documents and with the financial networks, and um, the, the truth was revealed, you know, in the process of discovery. There is so much to get into. Uh, first of all, when we talk black nobility, we're talking old, ancient, ancient Correct. banking families, particularly from Italy. You know, are we talk? We're probably talking thirteen families who've been established. I say this all the time: this, the people who assassinated uh, Julius Caesar are the same group that assassinated JFK. It's the same group of people. They just have a Correct. different name. 
And so I go back as like this one group of people at a very high level, you know, and I must say that like personally, and I think you alluded to in the book is that like the Rothschilds are, are in my humble opinion, a middle management as well. Like there are people bank funding them to fund. There's always a layer between who's really doing it and who's the puppet, right? They, the, 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 if you, the, the, the old saying is, if you know their name, they're not running anything. That's it. True. That's true. Uh, correct. Um, so um, you're, you're talking about the 13 families. Um, the key families are they're the ancient Venetians. Um, these were the, um, the most powerful maritime power within the world at one point. Um, they kind of teamed up with the Mongolian, uh, Khazarian, and Turkish um, nomadic hordes, and they tra- traversed the, the East Asian continent, slapped and burning their way through, you know, killing hundreds of millions of people, stealing their money. And they were able to get access to these like dark occultic um, religions that I believe tie into the, um, the Tibetan monks and to some of these nomadic tribes. And given like all, all the wealth they were able to create or, or to, to seize during their, um, their conquest, um, they became the most powerful uh, force. Like they established these uh, commercial links that were going all throughout, um, all throughout Europe the Eurasian continent. So they became like the most powerful family. And then once they had that power, they, they wanted more political power. And they realized that, you know, within Europe, uh, the European rulers held the divine right to rule. And what that meant is that you had to be initiated into the Christian faith. You had to um, uh, learn like the, the, the mysteries, um, be in, in, initiated into the mystery schools. And you yeah. had to be of, of a certain like sacred bloodline. They knew that they did not have the, the qualifications to, to match that, um, uh, those criteria and so they set about to conquer europe and so they have been behind all of these wars they were behind um the knights templar who uh sought to um uh, uh, conquer jerusalem and the, the purpose of this was to make sure that they could reestablish the venetian trading routes um, linking uh, europe with the middle east and eurasia here so we are really at, at the very base about um it was about uh commerce there go go ahead you are no everyone's like you cut her off i'm sorry i got so excited because like finally a literate person saying what i've been trying to say for a very long time okay like i dude i know this stuff's going on with israel right now and israel palestine there's a lot of people on the right talking about palestinians doing all this crazy stuff i just i'm gonna be honest with you i don't see how people who have no money no power no uh, have no control in their life are the runs the ones being the aggressors i'm gonna be honest with you but but when you when you want to take over something the best way you do it is to make it a religious war so people will fight blindly for you and you're fighting for your god and what really you're doing in my humble opinion and i know a lot of israelis and they're wonderful people i know a lot of of palestinians they're wonderful people but they are being used to fight a war that's a business transaction that is a trade route for the uh, Europe to get all the goods from Asia to Africa. And what I want to get in real quick to you is you mentioned Karzarians. And this is mm-hmm. where, I, you know, when you have a conversation with people, they'll always be, someone's like, I, I read an article, it's not true. But it's like the Kazarians, they, they, they adopted Judaism. Is that your belief? Or is, am I putting words into your mouth? 
Can you talk? No, you're absolutely correct. Um, I mean, they, they were just so uh, um, brutal. Like they, they had no morals whatsoever. They went around um, executing people and engaging in really all sorts of sordid, evil occult practices. Um, and they, they were so uh, immoral and so barbaric that um, the European leaders told them point blank, look, you either ha- you have to adopt a religion or we're going to execute you because we don't want you in our, in our lands. And so they, um, they chose Judaism. And the reason they cho- chose Judaism is that the Muslims already had like their caliphate. So they had their kingdom. Uh, the Christians had the divine right to rule. They had their kingdoms and they knew within Christian Europe, that the Jews held a special status, which meant that they were um, a disparate people. But one day, um, under divine providence, they would be united in Israel. um, And so they had a special destiny. Um, So the Jews wanted the the kingdom. So they thought, well, we can adopt a a Jewish identity. We can have our own kingdom. And so they assumed that identity, but then they were never Jewish. Um, they, you know, they continued on with their, their usual um, practices. And I don't know why that is construed as anti-Semitism. I don't mm-hmm. get it. I don't get it. And what it is is identity politics. And it's just people not wanting. I'm literally saying Jews are great people. This one group is full mm-hmm. of shit. And they're making you all. Again, it's like there's layers to this shit. And you have people just fighting blindly for people that they don't actually know and that over some identity politics stuff and it's just like i'm always saying like dude imagine i'm armenian guys imagine me going armenians aren't shady ass people imagine living in la and saying armenians don't do shady shit i would get laughed at it's just because i love my people i love being armenian but we got some shady ass armenians out here and it doesn't mean their armenians are bad that means there's a couple of armenians that are a little shady so so it's like it's like when you do that when you just circle the wagons and you don't allow there to be a discussion might it might it be a little different if i said armenians are shady people no i would dude listen to me every race has got bad people in it period every group oh no totally i just wonder if that's part of what to do with it every time i walk into a comedy club in la there's at least someone talking about how they they can't stand armenians yeah it's just the way it is quite a different setting than than the world i don't know ask tony hinchcliffe about that right now (laughs) no 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 I love them. I love them. But the point is, is that there is a movement by a certain group of people. So when we get into that, it's like totally agree, though. Right? It's just like, I, dude, I love. I mean, like, dude, there's so many wonderful Jews out there, and you're just defending this small group of people. And everyone's, I know Rothschild. Well, they're not that Rothschild. I mean, we're talking about these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not talking about your cousin. Yeah, yeah or, or some guy you went to art class with who was really great at making fucking flower vases. Okay, yeah. we're talking about a group of people who, you know, like, over time have been kind of behind almost every skirmish. Am I right? Yeah, you are absolutely correct. And, you know, I'd like to remind your audience that the United States of America, which was created of, by, and for the free people under God, um, the Jews and the Christians were part of that community. Um, in fact, um, commercial law in America, which used to be based upon integrity, um, was based upon Jewish law. So the Jews created our commercial code. They were part of the, you know, the, the we, the people under God. And the Jews of America are not the same as the, the Zionists. In fact, um, in um, after World War I, 
Line or around World War II, um, a number of prominent Jews, including um, Albert Einstein, among others, they all uh, uh, signed a a letter uh, to the New York uh, Times that was condemning Zionism. They said, this is the worst thing you could do for Judaism. You know, they were opposed to it. So, I mean, the the Zionists aren't really um, so much Jewish as, as they are a continuation of this old ancient Phoenician agenda under the banner of Judaism. So yeah. I think you're absolutely right in your in your characterization. I feel like we're like uh, a conspiracy soulmates. I gotta be honest with you, Susan. I feel like <laughs> like I'm the blind melon but bumblebee girl, and I just met my tribe right now. So <laughs> I am very excited about that. Hey, everybody, do you love being American? Do you love American boners, American ladies, or American guys, whatever you're into? Well, if you're into American boners with American action, then I want to tell you about our good friends at Blue Chew. That's right, Blue Chew. Everybody on this show rocks Blue Chew, okay? Because we're patriots. We love freedom, and we love ass. Doesn't matter what kind of ass. It's none of your business, all right? Listen, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as vitamins. Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in a chewable dude. It's a chewable form and it's a fraction of the cost. Okay. Blue Chew tablets help men achieve harder, stronger, more patriotic erections to combat all forms of ED, erectile dysfunction. Fuck them. Fuck that noise. Not today. Not never. Demon boner problems. Okay. Blue Chew <laughs> is an online prescription service. So no visits to doctors. Everybody's peering at you. You got to tell them that, hey, man, I'm having a problem getting up. Not anymore, dude. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Unless you're like me, I, I want fireworks, bright colors, American flags. Okay. That's what I'm all about. The process is simple sign up at bluechew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you approved you'll receive your prescription with within days man and the best part it's all done online holla at your boy okay blue chew blue chew blue chew i love this very much I love Blue Chew. Do you love Blue Chew? Of course I love Blue Chew. Do you love Blue Chew? Most certainly. Oh, dude. Johnny's fucking imaginary girlfriend can't stop getting that Blue Chew action. Okay? Someday we'll meet her. Someday when we do, I'm bringing a bag of Blue Chew to watch watch Johnny go to Pound Town. Johnny! Johnny! That's what we're going to do. Yellow with his Blue Chew. At mid-dinner. Johnny! Johnny! We're going to be at the Brazilian steak restaurant. (laughs) Johnny's just fucking mayor of Pound Town. Everyone's just giving him unlimited bread. Red sticks, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that's totally consistent with what you know about me. That'll happen. That's for sure gonna Guys, happen. Guys, shut up, Johnny. I gotta talk right now. And we got a special deal for our listeners. That's right. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code Tinfoil at checkout. Just just pay five dollars shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code Tinfoil to receive your free month free. Okay, your first month free. That's right. Just use Tinfoil to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring. The podcast. Um, so we do this uh, over time. Yeah, over time, uh, <laughs> we have seen what is the funding of both sides of wars, and Napoleon is no Correct. different. We have this. And we're going to get in some U.S. history that, if Susan's correct, is absolutely mind-blowing. You know? So we're going to get in Napoleon. Napoleon, and this is a story we're told. That is, Napoleon... Uh, lost the war, right? And but England was told that he won the war, so everybody sold their bonds. And then guess who shows up? 
it's suddenly the you know the Rothschilds. They buy everybody's bonds, and then they're told, "Oh no, England really won the war. Now they control the complete and utter um, uh, pound, the, the British economic right. system." Right? Yeah, that, that, that's correct. And um, they uh, they had you know, falsely told the. Um, the Brits and the royal families and, and the, the, you know, these business communities, the business leaders that, you know, the, uh, Napoleon uh, won the war. And so they, you know, the British elite sold all their bonds um, and the, the Rothschilds uh, bought them up and then let them know, oh, by the way, England did win. The prices went right up. They, and that allowed the Rothschilds to claim all the wealth uh, of, of England, essentially. So they owned the country. With that wealth, they were able to buy breeding rights into the, into the British royal family. And of course, you know, the, uh, um, the House of Par- the Parliament answers to uh, to the monarchy. So once they had control of, of the aristocracy and the, the monarchy, they had control of the government. So every um, uh, um, heir since Queen Victoria um, has actually been illegitimate, with the exception of one. There was one legitimate heir that Queen Victoria had, but they were all illegitimate bloodlines. Um, and then uh, the Rothschilds bred themselves into uh, other uh, families throughout Europe and began to kind of gradually take over these governments, you know, like through, through wars and revolutions and, and different you know, type of skull, skullduggery. So skullduggery, that's got to be a word I got to use at some point in my life. Skullduggery, that is a name, great name for a band. Um, so so let's get into this. So basically it is of your belief that this liberalism, democracy uh, is actually a Rothschild idea that the Rothschilds funded both sides of the Revolutionary War as well, because they wanted, their whole goal was across the world to basically break the attachment of the European royalty to all of their their territories. Yes, I'm really glad you brought that up. That That's correct. So uh, we're all taught that, that um, the American Revolution was about separating from this tyrannical King George. But if you look back at history, um, the colonies actually had a really uh, very positive, very profitable and, har- and harmonious relationship with the British monarchy. But the skirmishes that happened on the continent were all manufactured by the Rothschilds and by the Venetians. So they would foment war. They actually recruited uh, foreigners to come into, into the uh, uh, the North American continent to kind of stage rebellions and then um, bankrolled uh, the, the founding fathers and the revolutionaries to uh, to rebel against um, England. And the purpose for the uh, purpose for this was to separate um, the British uh, a crown from the colonies. Um, and in the process, they would place both in their debt. Um, and uh, of course, with the new um, within with North America, they established the central bank Um with the central bank, the Rothschilds were trying to get financial control, though that, you know, the founding fathers tried to, you know, they did not renew that. And every time they uh, refused to renew the central bank, the Rothschilds would then manufacture another war, um, you know, to get them back into, into debt and then back into their, their control. And I actually, it was very interesting um, seeing that all, all of these democratic revolutions um, throughout uh, Latin America were all, um, fun, they were all kind of 
based upon the same principle with the Rothschilds backing them and then separating the, the monarchies from their colonies so that they would, you know, they would no longer have, have those assets taking control of, of each of them. So you've got like revolutions that were fought in the interest of um, like fraternity, equality, fraternity, liberty. Um, these were all kind of like grievances of the time, but they, but they were um, uh, promoted um, to not to create any type of empowerment or wealth for the people or equity for the people, but to uh, target um, those who had power rightfully, who had authority and who had, who had, um, acquire their own wealth to take the, that wealth away from them, like to engage in um, the politics of envy. And in the process, they would be able to seize the wealth of, of their rivals and then place you know, more of the government under their control. And of course, the, the people were never, um, were never, you know, they were never really lifted up or empowered. So it was all you know, basically a ruse that they continued to, to put on the, Amer- on the American people and people around the world. Wow. That's some heavy shit right there. I mean, that's some heavy stuff. One one thing's very interesting is Ben Franklin and what we're told about him and what may actually be who Ben Franklin is. And it's just like what Johnny's rolling his eyes. He's a big Ben Franklin no, guy. No, no, no. I think that's really interesting, actually. I, that's fascinating. You know, because like one thing like that's very interesting is like they found a bunch of bodies under Ben Franklin's like <laughs> estate in I believe Europe. Like not just like a couple, but like hundreds. Hundreds? Hun- <laughs> like if I'm wrong, Correct. it's like over a hundred bodies in his basement. <laughs> do you do you Someone do you know anything about that, Susan? Because I think you mentioned in your book kind of like Ben Franklin <laughs> and like the shady side. Like he wasn't just flying kites, dude. He was into some shady shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, that's correct. Like, you know, we're, we're always, um, we were led to believe, you know, in, in our history classes that he was a great patriot, you know, and an inventor. But um, Ben Franklin was actually, uh, he was bankrolled by the Venetians, um, and he had helped uh, spur the, the French Revolution um, and, and actually brought foreigners into America to foment the American Revolution, including Thomas Paine, who uh, wrote Common Sense as a, a basis to rebel against um, uh, the British monarchy. But Common Sense, had had no actual grievances against the monarchy. It was basically being driven to you know have revolution for revolution's sake to be able to redistribute you know wealth from uh, those who had it to this new growing cabal. And um, Ben Nicklin was kind of key to all of this. He was um, the ambassador to St James. Uh, the court of St. James, with uh, St. James being uh, the British monarch who helped um, transform the East India Company into a powerful imperial force um, for conquest. And I, I thought it was very interesting that the, at the Vatican with um, Anthony Fauci, uh, one of, there was a representative from, I think it was Franklin Templeton Funds, um, that actually bankrolled the, um, or helped sponsor um, this Vatican convention where they're you know, they're, they're trying to um, develop new vaccines that have uh, nanotechnologies within them. And, uh, for, you know, they, they named the, um, the equity fund or the, the investment firm after Ben Franklin. And if you understand that Franklin was key to the cabal, you know, it, it kind of it has a new new meaning that, that the, these families and these networks, and these bloodlines have been continuing, you know, they've been continuing with this uh, agenda for many, many years, for, for centuries. Now, now. George Washington, openly known as a Freemason, and the, now were Freemasons. Uh, they were basically uh, 
I don't know if the word's puppet, but were they part of the Venetian uh, movements? And because you know they were a big part of the uh, of the American Revolution, the Rothschilds were, were the Rothschilds funding, the, you know, George Washington, all that stuff. Because in your bookie, you kind of allude to that George Washington, kind of, even though he was a Freemason, he kind of realized that they were trying to you know separate everybody from god and he didn't 100 percent want to go with that what do you what, what what'd your research tell you about that okay so um the, the freemasons were, were originally created uh to support the british monarchy like the, the will of the british monarchy uh so um when the the british monarchy held the divine right to rule uh, the freemasons were about um doing god's will within society these were groups of people uh who worked together for the common good um once the Rothschilds acquired a control over the British monarchy, um, they then took over the Freemasons and they co-opted it and to become more to um, pursue a satanic agenda. So with the Rothschilds in control, um, uh, the Freemasons became satanic. Um, I know that um, George Washington was a, a Freemason, um, but he understood uh, the uh, the threat that the Venetians posed and what Ro- the threat that, Roth- that the Rothschilds were posing uh, and tried to warn the people in his farewell address. So he was actually a, a good person um he also spoke out against slavery um a lot of um, our you know woke uh, social justice warriors today try to blame the white christians for slavery but the, the truth of the matter is that um the white christians all the way back from the days of the roman empire um through the, the british parliament the british monarchy um, the London agents in, in the colonies, even the white colonists, were opposed to slavery. Um, the slaves were actually brought in by the Venetians, you know, who had um, they had engaged in war throughout through many continents. And during those wars, they were able to, um, to capture people who then became slaves. And slaves were a very a profitable business, like uh, human trafficking. Um, so a lot of our founding fathers did have slaves or did hold slaves. Um, and the reason for that is that they were working with the Venetians, like they were being banked by the Venetians, by the Rothschilds. Um, and I think um, George Washington was one who had a conscience. And so at his death, uh, he, he willed that his all of his slaves would be freed because he understood that the institution itself was evil. Because you, you've got these uh, revolutionaries who, on the one hand, they're um, uh, promoting freedom and equality. And on the other hand, they're, they actually have enslaved people and they've taken property and you know they, they see themselves as, as a, a, a master over, over those who they see as less than, than themselves. It's like the more things change, the more mm-hmm. things stay the same, right? It's like how many of our politicians today are just 100% hypocrites. All of them. Yeah. Like the rules for thee and not for me. That's what seems to be over and over and over again. Now, you brought up divine right to rule. Now, is it of your assumption that like we like we were better off under British, you know, royalty, the, the monarchy? That are we being sold on all these horrible things that all of these royals did over time that we should look at them as like, oh, we should get back to that? I mean, to me, sometimes I go, why do we have like, well, who, who are the royals? What did, what did, why are we, why do we care what these people do? They're just people. Am I, am I wrong on that? Or was it better under that? What is that? Um, I, I'm not sure. 
we could ever put the toothpaste back in the, the bottle, so to speak, or back in the tube. Um, but I think that life was, was fairly good under um, the divine right to rule because you had um, a society that was ordered in such a way that you had God at the pinnacle, and then you had um, a royal family, um, a monarch who um, was required to be initiated into the Christian faith. So they had a duty and an obligation and a spiritual calling to take care of their people. And these were people who um, uh, would sponsor arts and sciences and um, would promoted uh, human rights um, and, and governments that were fair because they were thinking in terms of um, fulfilling God's will on earth, allowing God's uh, people who were you know, an expression of God uh, to pursue their own talents, um, to have freedoms. So um, society was um, that you would pursue you know, your, your life's calling in a way that would serve humanity and serve God. And unfortunately, now that's under Rothschild control, all of that is per- perverted, has been turned on its head, where you have um, uh, a leadership and all the people in society who are re- reflecting the values of that leadership. Um, society has become very materialistic. Um, it's corrupt from all levels. Like everybody's out for themselves. You can't you can't trust your lawyer, your mechanic, your accountant. You know, everybody is, is trying to to get one over on everybody else. And um, I think freedom is really only possible with um, within with people who who have character and values and integrity. You need that trust. Um, and I, I think the Rothschilds have have eroded that by uh, destroying the character of the people and destroying values in society. So I, I would say that uh, society was definitely better off, you know, with with the rulers who held the divine right. If that makes sense. Well, it does. Uh, how much of history is a Good. lie? Um, now, you, uh, the Rothschilds have, I mean, the, the reason that these cabal, the, the, the reason that the cabal has able to acquire as much wealth as it has is that, um, it, it has worked within the darkness. And the only way it can do that is if, um, we don't know who they are or what, what they're trying to achieve. So I, I believe that history has been written to us or has been written in such a way that it, um, hides what, what they have done. And it, it relays um, world events in a way that, that serves that, them and, and their their ultimate agenda. Because re- remember that um, uh, s- schools are, are public, they're funded by the taxpayer, and so the government, which they control, can then determine the curriculum. So they can determine what is written in the, in the um, history books. They control the publish, publishing houses. They can control who gets published, who doesn't. Um, and so those who get published would obviously be, you know, those individuals who support um, their their particular history. Um, a lot of the think tanks are also bankrolled by them. You know, they've used um, think tanks and foundations uh, and nonprofits uh, for tax shelters and that have turned around and tried to, you know, continue with their agenda through those foundations. So I think much of our history that we've been uh, told ha- is a lie and it's worth, um, you know, kind of re- um, revisiting, um, you know, what has transpired and maybe uh, re- reconstructing what the re- real and truthful history actually is. Uh, the, the, Vatican, so the Vatican is just a lot of people don't realize how powerful it is. I think they think of it as this holy place and it just really is just the center of power. And, you know, when you take a, we talk about all the time on the show, but when you look at like all the intelligence agencies who, who set those up Nazis, where the Nazis go, went to the Vatican as soon as they, you know, 
as soon as Germany fell. I do not believe the Nazis lost. I believe the Nazis won the war. They won the war and just walked over here. We're like, oh, yeah, we brought them over. No, dude, they came over and set up shop. And they and if you take a look at the CIA, you take a look at CIA, then you look into, like, from what I've been told, Israel owns, like, a giant chunk of, I mean, of the Vatican owns, like, over 50% of Israel. They own, like, a giant chunk of, of Israel. And then you, you get into, like, Mossad and all those, all those kind of uh, MI6, I believe. And then you take a look at organized crime. How many organized crime uh, groups or organizi- uh, organizations from, like, uh, North America, South America, and Europe are Catholic-based? The Irish, the Italians, the li- Latins. They're all Irish. They're all Catholic-based, ba- man. And it's just like, we just know that, like, how many times the CIA been busted flying drugs into the United States? All the time. And it's just like, because they're running both sides of the fight. That, you know, and we said before on the show, you know, El Chapo was a district manager. He had bosses. And those bosses were making all the money. And he was just doing what he was told until they needed a, a lamb and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on that whole thing? Like the the, the Vatican and its power today? I, I think you're right. Um, uh, the, the Rothschilds wanted to confer upon the Vatican um, the divine right to rule. Um, so the, the Vatican is like the kingmaker today. And you're, you're right about... Um, about these different uh, intelligence agencies. Now, we're under the impression as American citizens that the intelligence agencies exist to serve the people, but they're actually, they actually were created to serve the commercial in- interests of the elite. So you have um, the CIA gr- uh, grew out, was built upon um, the original uh, Napoleonic uh, spy networks, which in turn were built upon the, the old Venetian spy networks. So through through um, intelligence, they were able to get advanced uh, knowledge of the war uh, with through the war that would help them win. They knew which uh, which buildings to bomb. Generally, they would bomb their competitors um, and, and protect their own buildings. Um, they they had like advanced knowledge that would enable them to kind of to keep um, ten steps ahead of their competition. So with the um, the OSS, which was created during uh, World War II, um, the CIA was born out of that. And then from from that, we have the Mossad, the Cheka, the MI5, and my Six. Um, these are all working together, like through the Five Eyes and, and other uh, other networks, um, basically to, to serve as intelligence assets for the elite to help them kind of control and manage um, the world they hope to dominate. So, can you tell us a little bit about these city states? These are sovereign nation cities. There are three of them. One is the Vatican. The other one is the City of London, and the other one is. The the uh, DC, right? And, DC. <laughs> which nobody ever thinks about that. And all we're talking about is, oh, DC's gonna get statehood. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> and each one of those represents uh, a different form of control. The, you know, the Vatican is re- religion. Uh, the City of <laughs> London is banking, and DC is in fact the military. Uh, can you get into a little bit about the the formations of those and what they represent? Oh, absolutely. 
Um, so the Rothschilds' goal uh, was to recreate the uh, Roman Empire under their control, under their tyrannical control, and uh, the, the creation of a European Union, which grew out of the World War II, that basically um, put all these nation states of, of Europe um, where they were they were going to integrate their um, uh, their economies, their political structures, their militaries under one kind of regional control. Um, were about uh, the Rothschild efforts to create the Roman Empire. So the Roman Empire is very critical to them because um, it was established with the birth of Jesus Christ or with the life of Jesus Christ. Um, so you have um, a, um, B.C., which is before Christ, A.D., which is Anno Domini, um, after his death. Um, and in, in between the two, you have the birth of the Roman Empire. Now, with Julius Caesar, um, uh, the legend is that Cleopatra had a... Um, uh, an illegitimate child or a child with Julius Caesar. She wanted him to um, to inherit that child or to make hit that child an heir so that she could inherit the Roman Empire. Um, Julius Caesar did not go in that direction. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and so these uh, elites who are trying to fulfill this um, this agenda of reestablishing the Roman Empire with themselves at, at, the, at the pinnacle, um, they placed the um, this kind of obelisk uh, in, in at the Vatican, uh, the city, uh, uh, London, and DC. And the Vatican represents it's Cleopatra's needle, so it's actually like a phallic symbol that represents this union between um, Cleopatra and, and Julius Caesar. So it's like their efforts to kind of have the, the financial center, the military center, and the religious center kind of working in concert to help them bring about this global, you know, global structure that they're trying to create. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. This is shit that goes back in the day. They've <laughs> been working goes, on this for days. and they, Days? For years. For like centuries. centuries millennium. Shit. You know? <laughs> just like they just. And the, the thing is that they're, they're in no hurry. They're in no hurry. It is like this is not going to happen overnight. And if it fails one way, they'll wait a little while. No wonder it's so hard to see, though, because you have to get so far back to get the perspective to kind of see this whole plan that no wonder it's hard for people to see it. You know what I mean? It's hard for me to blame people who who can't conceptualize it because it's a big picture, man. You really have to. Well, it's also looking into darkness, like real darkness. Yeah. Yeah. And how, like, people just don't want to come to grips that another human being, a group of human beings, could do this to another human being. And, like, I don't understand the purpose. Of, like, how much money, how much wealth, how much is, like... There's wh- got to be some... I, I'm curious if she if she has a take on this. Because there's got to be some extra motivation, some extra uh, terrestrial motivation. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you like think a this is like next of, level? Sh- yeah, possibly, man. I mean, I, to me, there's got to be. Wh- otherwise, you know, why would you not just have a kind of a self-interest in your own generation? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. We'll get it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so what you have are, are people who, who want to play God. And so the only way they can actually... You know, if they've removed God from society, they want to be God. And the only way they can be God is if they have all the wealth and everybody else is dependent upon them. Um, so they want to reduce you to like to the, the position of a slave and where they can micromanage every aspect of your life through governments, through regulations. Um, and uh, at the same time, 
they placed uh, their own bloodlines into, into power. Um, Epstein uh, talked about the seeding program where he he talked about like he was going to inseminate lots of people and put them you know into different places. Uh, so the Rothschilds are very similar. They want to um, be the ultimate and the sole uncontested authority over all of society, all of humanity. That would uh, allow them to reach godlike status and that's kind of part of their religion where that where that's what they aspire to do and it's it's really unfathomable unfathomable to, to most of us because we would never think like that you know or, or do or do what they've done we wouldn't kill people we wouldn't rob them you know we have compassion and empathy you know they only have like a, a will to power you know and it's very it's a kind of a, a twisted um twisted worldview uh, we talk about these bloodlines being in north america and south america um do they go into asia japan or do they have their own different type of bloodlines or are the Rothschilds? she's talking about tibet right tibetan monks and and stuff like that and then i think i forget what the name of the chinese family but it's like the lees or something Mm -hmm. and they basically run all of china Damn! So the, that's the only thing we can they can infiltrate their. No, they totally have. Oh, it's oh, just a whole different name. They just play the games different, right? Or they just figure out who's running everything. But but Susan, what's your thoughts on that? That's a good question. Um, uh, now, uh, Chairman Mao, who who founded uh, Communist China, was actually a Rothschild bloodline, and so I I, would, I don't know for sure, but I I, I can you <laughs> can you believe uh, he, he was um. Uh, he looks, you know, he he didn't just read Marx and decide to run a revolution. Um, the uh, the East India Company, um, you know, founded uh, one of, one of its merchants founded Yale University, and um, Yale University established a, um, a school in in China. Um, they then uh, tapped um, Cha- Chairman Mao, who was then just an ordinary person, um, it, uh, indoctrinated him into Marxist thought, um, and then uh, raised money through a book se- a bookstore selling his books, and that, that uh, the proceeds were used to finance the communist revolution. So they were there at every stage, kind of uh, promoting the communist revolution, guiding him on what to do, and they knew that he would one day uh, preside over over China, and he was a Rothschild bloodline. So um, I I would be under I, I would be inclined to believe that the Lees are probably related somehow to the Rothschilds because I don't believe they would have allowed a competing dynasty to be and to have that level of, of power. So I, I think in, in, there's probably some type of inbreeding there. Well, I mean, you take a look and at that's what just the, my the, the British Indian Company and what it did to China with opium and how much. Of uh, wealth was amassed through opium. How all the Ivy League schools were funded by opium families, and, and Skull and Crossbones was funded by the Russells, who wanted to give their kids a heads up, and a, like they would come out of like in the eighteen hundreds with like a hundred thousand dollars, like that was astronomical money at that point, which still is, but you know back then it's a lot and. They basically funded it off the backs of uh, enslaving the Chinese uh, with opium. And to me, that's a big thing of what's going on with uh, fentanyl right now. It's like the Chinese are kind of getting us back for uh, doping them with all the uh, fentanyl. I mean, with all the uh, opium. Because, you know, that's fentanyl's getting into the country. 
Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, they also did the same with fluoride. Like fluoride was a chemical that was used by some of the um, the German uh, Nazi companies, and they decided they realized that um, the fluoride could would pacify uh, the Jewish uh, the Jews in the concentration camps. Like it destroyed their their lateral thinking, so they were unable to see connections between different you know disparate parts, and it made them more controllable. Um, and so they, they decided that they would put fluoride in our water in America um, to, to make us easier to control. So there is a lot of, you know, this effort. And I know that, um, that the opium was used uh, in, in China not only to raise, uh, raise money, but also to, to kind of pacify the Chinese and make them a lot easier to conquer. Uh, let's get into World War II because that is a hot button idea. And this is the show that has the dangerous conversations. Let's get into it. Yes, it I mean, in your humble opinion, I don't know if you did any research because I haven't gotten through the entire book. I love it. I'm going to bang it out. But Hitler, what, do you believe he was a Rothschild? Yes, I do. Oh, bang. Um, Hitler, um, the, the Rothschilds put the uh, the Austrians into, into debt under many means. One one of which was to um, to they offered to build their autobahns um, and, and some of their infrastructure. So they put the Austrian government in their debt, um, became nobility within Austria, and um, the Rothschilds or three Rothschild men had um, a, a mansion in Austria, um, and they raped a uh, a maid um, through a, like a satanic ritual. Um, that maid was the grandfather or grandmother of of um, of the Rothschilds, or um, so. Or she, the, the maid, the maid actually was the grandmother of of Hitler. So um, Mary Streichenbecker, um, or something like that. By, the, the, what, what is that? I think. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I've been doing so well this show. That's okay. Um, uh, uh, Mary Streichenbecker, Streichenbecker, I believe that's her name. Yes, that's correct. Um, that's that's correct. Um, so Hitler um, was like a a, a a tramp. You know, he was a drifter. Um, he, he had really no, no money. He was kind of going from youth hostel to youth hostel. And um, uh, the history would have us believe that this person somehow rose to lead Germany. Um, the, the fact of the, of the matter was that the, the Germans had um, an advanced uh, industry that was competing with um, England, and they, they wanted to, you know, to crush German industry so that the Rothschild companies within England would, would take precedence. So they, they viewed Germany as a threat. Um, so they figured out a way to kind of um, destroy uh, uh, Germany from within, and Hitler was part of that strategy. So he was kind of funded and he was um, uh, indoctrinated at the Tavistock Institute, um, which has been um, re- you know, received funding from the Rockefellers and, and from the Rothschilds. And that taught Hitler uh, at, at Tavistock, Hitler learned how to, you know, to uh, speak passionately, to, you know, to um, command people with his hands. And he was taught that uh, he would lead German, uh, Germany to greatness. So he was basically programmed to do what he did and then placed into his position of power. And he always, you know, like a controlled agent for the Rothschilds. And he, uh, they were I, just I, straight up shooting him with crystal meth. They, he uh, thought he was taking plan, uh, plan B. He <laughs> thought he was taking um, vitamin B, right? B shots. And bam, he, they were shooting him with crystal meth. Yeah, because they they say that he was at a pub and they picked him out. They make it seem like it was very like oh, like not, he was just yeah, like was just, just 
being part of the group, a I mean, social worker, and you just picked them up. Hell no, that's not how that happened. It's so interesting when you talk to people and you bring this up. And you go, what is Hitler's dad's name? And they don't know. And you go, it's Ola Streckenbecker, right? His mother was Mary Streckenbecker. I'm probably saying his last name wrong. And she was the maid mm-hmm. of, of a Rothschild. Now we hear the Satanic thing, which totally makes sense. But then, but then you go, if he, if, there are many people who've done deep dives into this, that Hitler died in Argentina. Okay? I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's like when you look at the Nuremberg trials, only 15 Nazis were actually tried. And, and, and who was the guy, basically, uh, who was the da- dude who started NASA? Um, Von Braun. Von Braun was basically found guilty and sentenced to death and then they brought him over. And did he was he brought over? Or did he just walk over? Well, yeah, he didn't walk. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> he flew. I think they flew him you in. You know what I'm talking about. First class. I'm first for first class. Yeah, I mean, like he was just brought over here and lived comfortably in Huntsville, Alabama, where they didn't allow you to talk. Not, not about even him. that. They put him on TV. He was the face of NASA for a damn while. I mean, he was. You know, they had him on TV. Like, oh, look at the rocket. You know? Yeah. I mean, this was, yeah, no, this was a Nazi who we made the star of our space program. Yeah. And it's crazy. What are your whole thoughts on, on uh, did Hitler die in Argentina, in your belief? That's a very good question. Um, I've, I've heard, I, I haven't, you know, researched this uh, independently, but I, I have heard that he did live on. There were a number of, of Hitler doubles. And even you know, our, our corporate America, a lot of our corporations, many that were, that were tied to the Bush family, um, they were heavily invested in uh, Nazi uh, corporations and Nazi business, even after the, America, uh, in the United States declared war on Germany. So they were, in, in effect, you know, committing, uh, tre- you know, maybe, I don't know if treason would be the right word, but they were, they were working against the interests of the United States, at least from a foreign policy perspective. And we did, in fact, recruit the, the Nazis, you know, those companies did, like uh, IBM and, and others, to work on our R&D, you know, so to develop the new technologies that are now being used to kind of oppress us. And, we, you know, we're seeing here in America that like a kind of a, a Nazi type of regime is being created around us. Like, you know, like history is, is repeating itself. What I, I could not agree more. I 100% believe history's um, repeating itself. You know, you brought up something very interesting. Again, these are dangerous conversations to have, but, I think when you have these conversations, it lets you understand what is really going on and that they are pitting people against each other. And if you take a look at the, like the Belfort doctrine, right? That's what's called the Belfort Mm -hmm. doctrine, uh, who Hitler was related to and Mm -hmm. who is thought to have created Israel. It's one name along the whole way who created Mm -hmm. the system in which they were able to chart who was where in what concentration camp? The Rothschilds. It's the same person everywhere. And it's just like, I, I just like, I like for me, it's just like there were lots of people lost in the, in the, in those camps. There's a lot of people lost fighting those wars. And that was all done purposefully so that they could, they yes, could, right? So it's like what you were talking about, Susan, about their, they wanted to create a state. In which they could play God, right, and and control trade routes. Am I am I right on that? 
Yes, you're absolutely correct. And I mean, it's really kind of insidious what they did because Stalin was another Rothschild bloodline. Um, he oh. killed some, uh, I think the Bolsheviks killed you know, tens of millions of people in, in Russia. And um, Stalin was both a Zionist and he was anti-Semitic. Like he, he was trying to um, uh, remove Jews from power. He was trying to persecute them. And this was done in part to, you know, to create like a, um, some type of grounds to, to support the creation of Israel. You know, Hitler was the same. You know, he was um, very supportive of, of the Zionists, but you know, for a new state for Israel, um, he was also persecuting the Jews. So I, I, I can, you know, you can see that um, the Zionists were not working within the interests of the Jewish people. They were actually persecuting them and, and using them as a tool for them to achieve their wider commercial aims. Uh, you know, it's like Russia is very interesting. I, this isn't your your expertise, but you get into Tataria versus Kazarians. And then you're like, why? Why does the international banking world work with China but not with Russia? And then you kind of get into like, you know, you see pictures of um, Putin in in Freemasonry and stuff like that, and you're like, yeah, and he's always making, uh, you know, oh, I kicked out the Rothschilds' banks. I I think that is Russia's version of oh, we're feeding terrorism over here. Like it's the same way to energize your base over there but at the end of the day his job is to probably work for the elites just like all the rest of the leaders and the ones that don't get assassinated that's my humble opinion and like i don't know man i don't know i have i have faith in people 100 percent, man uh humanity but i i just wonder how long we're gonna stand for all this because i feel like the internet, whether it's been great for humanity, I don't know why the elites allow it to happen. It just seems like they need our data more than anything. Like it's like it's like oh man, you know, it's just like you got a drug problem, but you know it's causing a lot of problems in your life. What are you gonna do, right? That's kind of the internet. It's like data is the new oil. So what do you do? But it's also, I think, waking people up more than ever. Yeah, it's their downfall. We're, we're finding everything else. Can you 100% say that the iceberg didn't take down the Titanic and it was a bloodline? Do you think it, yeah. that the Rothschilds were behind the sinking of the Titanic, Susan? Um, okay, according to historians, um, it, it was used to, uh, it was kind of set up, used to create like a pretext uh, for, uh, to give the United States justification to enter war. Uh, that's Lusitania, so I'm thinking of the Titanic. Um, now, the Titanic, uh, that I don't, I haven't, I haven't researched, so I would say I, I shouldn't comment on it. Um, I think it, it's possible. Um, and, and the reason I would say it's possible is that um, they've given so much media attention to it. They've written um, movies about the Titanic, uh, so they've really kind of romanticized it. And I think given that they've done that, there must be some uh, in the Titanic or, you know, that they, they're probably behind what, what, what happened to it. So, uh, you I know, I want to ask you something. Uh, the stuff, you sure. know, so much of your book, I was watching, I go, oh man, this is playing out in real time right now here in the United States. The, uh, you know, the, uh, the movement to like young rich kids, like, we want communism. It's like, you don't even know what communism is, but this like kind of like destroying from within. 
and we see like identity politics, people fighting over identity politics, uh, both on both sides of the argument. And it just seems like what they did to Europe, they did, they're doing right now to the United States. What are your thoughts on that, Susan? No, I, I completely agree with you, Sam. Um, you know, they have a playbook that they use, and it, it's being uh, repeated over and over again. Black Lives Matter and Antifa, um, they're bankrolled by um, by the, the big banks, by the multinationals. Um, and, of course, they, they have a role in, uh, in perpetuating in communism or further in communism because they the so it's often you know the, the people have the view that communism is about serving the people and, and creating some level of equity uh, the truth is that it's about um, the assets from the, those who have it and in, in a kind of like a, a control structure over society so these mega corporations you know who have um, you know maybe some of them historically have worked with the Nazis um, and uh, they were um, created uh, there you know if you trace them back far enough, you might find um, connections to the East India Company. Um, many of them were built with taxpayer money that was, you know, made possible through connections with the, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. They're all basically organized and controlled at the top through interlocking boards of directors, and um, they take their uh, their direction, their, their policy from groups like the Privy Council and the Royal Society of London, which ultimately answers to the Queen of England, which in turn is controlled by the Rothschilds. So they're kind of playing out their, their same agenda here. And, you know, using um, the Biden conquer strategies, this you know, in this case, you know, white against black. And they view um, white Christians as the greatest threat since we tend to be very individualistic and you know within like a Rothschild system you want everybody to be completely under your control so i think you're, you're absolutely correct and hopefully you know if we've learned from history you, we won't you know we won't allow the, you know the same type of um uh, communism the same type of uh uh you know regime to uh, to be imposed on americans so i mean what role do you think corona has in all this you know, the coronavirus, what do you think its role is? I mean, we know Klaus Schwab is uh, uh, come from descendants of Nazis. Nazis come from Rothschilds. I mean, like, what is that whole role in that? And Bill, and your thoughts on Bill Gates as well. Okay, so the, the coronavirus, um, a corona uh, is Latin for the, uh, the, the crown. So the coronavirus was a reference to there's a... a virus in the crown, the sickness within the crown. And um, the sickness is that um, during the Clinton administration, it was discovered that Queen Elizabeth was an illegitimate monarch and that um, the it was the Rothschild agenda had been kind of revealed. Um, so the Clintons, who Bill Clinton is also a Rothschild bloodline, um, he refused to, um, to act on that information. So as um, the coronavirus was was brought about uh, to cover a few things. One, it's their effort to retain power, even though like there's a lot of information coming out that reveals their um, their illegitimacy. Um, it's also being done to hide the fact that they've stolen like billions of dollars, or trillions of dollars from the economy. Um, we have like an economic bubble, and they're trying to cover up for that. Oh. Um, also. Um, 
remember um and um the uh, um uh, obama like the affordable care act bankrupted the healthcare industry uh so they're also trying to kind of they wanted an excuse to kind of replenish that um if you have all the hospitals cleared out um for coronavirus victims you don't have to pay medical bills so there was that aspect and they wanted to make a lot of money for the pharmaceutical companies so this was um i would say it was orchestrated by um uh, by the rothschilds um the uh, the coronavirus was patented by the Purbright Institute. Purbright is a Rothschild, um, and so that that's one of Rothschild's institutes. Um, it's funded by the pharmaceutical companies, by Bill Gates, um, and you know the WHO, the World Health Organization, and uh, Bill Gates. I, I know he was. Um, I think he might be a Rockefeller. I, I'm not sure, but his father was uh, involved in Planned Parenthood. And um, the tech- technocratic agenda that Bill Gates was um, uh, was was kind of advancing that was again determined uh, within the uh, the Royal Institute of, of London, and also which is deter- which is uh, which takes its, its marching orders from the Privy Council and, and the Queen, which again is controlled by the Rothschilds. So I would say, like in the case of Bill Gates, I know that he um, he stole apparently, according to some reports, he stole a lot of his um, patents and, and tech technology that was used to build Microsoft, but it, it would appear that he was um, another kind of elite who was um, put into the a position to fulfill the role that he has. And I believe that the, you know, the elites, you know, like the Rothschilds and their affiliated companies helped bankroll him, helped promote him and created, you know, the monster that he is today. Yeah, I think he's just completely and utterly a puppet for a bigger mm-hmm. Bigger, 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 uh, darker group of people that nobody, nobody um, would say this things out loud if they were really attempting to do it, right? Yeah. I'm going to block out the sun. You're like, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, I, except like Lex, Lex Luthor, maybe, you know, like a comic book. Right, villain. it's yeah, like Dr. so Evil. blatant that they're like, look at him over there. He's evil. Why all this stuff's going on? I think Klaus Schwab is like that too. I think he's is, a face. And then the wife is now concerned that he might be a pedo, like a year later after knowing he's been on the plane. Yeah, I, I'm dude. That Come that on. that whole thing is meant they're probably gonna kill off Bill Gates' brand because he's so toxic mm-hmm. right now, and they're gonna get her to like kind of be the face, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe he became. Yeah, he's an ineffective vehicle now. He's you know, yeah. so, and then and, and you know what they do with, when they're done with you, man. It's like, yeah, off switch. You and, go to like Antarctica and hang out with yeah. with uh, with Jeffrey Epstein. They, and they couldn't King bring Kong. him back though. They couldn't bring him back. What? They couldn't bring him back. Bill Gates, after the whole, everything no, that I came mean, out like, during the Rona, it's just coming out right done. now. They, but they just threw him on the table like, go, bye. Yeah, he'll, he'll be done or they'll fake his death or, like, I mean, like, he's slowly breaking off from everything. He's, he, like, no longer at Microsoft. He's, like, he's getting divorced. They're, like, separating him so right. they can be, like, kill him off so he can go hang out with, like, fucking Jeff, like, with the Ant people in Antarctica. Ghislaine's still around, too. Yeah, I mean, like that picture. It's like she's taking a picture with her black eye, and you're like, "Who does photo shots, photo shoots in the middle of a, 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 a jail?" Like, and it's like, it's like the whole thing is like you, you really got to turn it all off, man. I mean, like it is a war on your senses right now, and there's like so many people out there who are like, "I'm so smart. I I pay attention to news." It's like you're being lied to, man. You're being lied to. 
And that's where it's at. Man, uh, this has been a wonderful conversation, Susan. Uh, is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to get out? Um, well, you just kind of add, add to what you what you said about Bill Gates being faded out. With a lot of these companies, you know, like the Rothschilds and, and these elites hide their wealth in plain sight. So the company, like you can probably imagine, um, Bill Gates does not is probably not a billionaire, nor is Elon Musk. You know that all those assets are really Rothschild assets, and and Bill Gates, Elon Musk, uh, Zuckerberg are like the face, like they're, they're the salespeople. Um, you know who who promote the agenda. So if um, Bill Gates is fallen out of favor, which he has, um, it's possible that his company or, you know, would might fall apart or might disintegrate, but then those assets will be moved to somewhere else, a different company, and then that would continue on the agenda. So, um, you know, I, I think it's important for us to kind of learn the patterns and understand, you know, who's involved It's the same cast of characters. And uh, through learning history, you know, we can uh, prevent, we can ensure that it doesn't repeat itself. I mean, if you look at like, how, like there's always these memes out there to show you how many media outlets the Rothschilds own. Like mm-hmm. they own giant chunks of every single major news organization. Okay. Yes, they do. So then when we take a look at this, like you're like pro sports used to be, you know, Sports. Bread and circus, right? It used to be, it was meant to, you know, uh, shift our focus off of other stuff going on. Now they've just destroyed that. They just destroyed <laughs> it. That Now everything's so super political in sports, that's not doing its job anymore, which to me lets you know that there's layers, levels to this shit again, and there are certain things businesses that are more important than other businesses like nike nike is getting its ass kicked because they forced it to do something that is woke stuff that pissed everybody off now nobody wants to buy nike sneakers and their numbers are going down that's as big as nike is it is a disposable brand to the to the trillionaires and the real money is in war, drugs, the pharmaceutical company, which is a giant part of what World War I was about. And you brought up earlier, like they were, you know, the, the Germany pharmaceutical industry was starting to compete with the British pharmaceutical companies, which were all probably ran by the Rothschilds. Okay. And, you know, they had to destroy that. They had to destroy that. So it's like, it's uh, war, drugs, uh, uh, what else is it? Um, oil. Oil, oil and then slavery, right? Those are gods, Go- guns, oil, drugs, slavery. That's what the real money is in. Everything else is peanuts and they'll destroy every brand to protect those major things. And you know, we, 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 they control Walt culture. Like we can't stop like every single show. What would you say guys? What percentage of urban shows deal with racism? All of them. What percentage? Put give me a number. I, I couldn't even venture a guess, but more than half. Yeah. Would you say 60, 70, 80, Johnny? Uh, possibly. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I don't watch enough of them to know, but yeah, it's all. A, a it damn, seems like eighty. We'll say eighty percent seems to do with like racial uh, oppression. To, you know. But how many of them discuss that there is open air slave trades in in Libya going on right now? Nobody discusses it. There's one rapper, Ti. That's the only one I saw say anything about it. 
And look at what all the stuff he's getting right now. Nobody else brings it up. You want, dude, how about Valerie Jack when everyone got mad at Roseanne as she collects checks with this new uh, um, Roseanne show that's out that she got kicked off of that she still gets paid for? Uh, you know, she says this woman is uh, looks like Plan of the Apes. The black community awoke people lose their minds, but they don't tell you that Valerie Jack's father ran the Tuskegee experiments. Where they straight up did like experiments on black people with 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 uh, pharmaceutical drugs, and then then you got all these rappers now trying to convince you to get the get the vaccine to the point that uh, Lee, what's his name, Spike Lee, is doing commercials about get an Uber for your friend to go get a vaccine. I mean, is this Bizarro Town? That lets you know. How deep the control is. This has been the great, the great exposing of how a small group of people own everything. Dude, they made everybody on Instagram put a black screen, a black square. Yeah. How many people did that? The black cube of Saturn. The black cube of Saturn at the end. Well, I gotta say, this is one of my favorite shows I've ever done. I feel like I just yelled at you the whole time in excitement. Uh, Susan, what other books you have out, Susan? Um, let's, well, there's of course the Abramoff book, which is lynched. Um, and if you're interested in, uh, how our political establishment, the Clintons and the Bushes and Obama, uh, sold us out to communist China, um, that would be, uh, the shadow dragon. Um, that I have, um, the, uh, second, uh, American re- revolution, um, that reveals how, uh, the Russians actually saved us from, uh, they're, they're working behind the scenes to save us from our own uh, communists who are working internally. Um, and it shows how we actually um, lost uh, the Cold War and how the Russians are trying to, to preserve uh, Western civilization. Um, and then I have one book on Elon Musk and kind of a um, how he, I could have tied in um, a Supreme Court case, which was incredible, ceded half of the state of Oklahoma to um, the Indian tribes and how that was part of a Green New Deal, that which ties into Elon Musk and his, um, his work on the technocracy. So depending upon like what aspect of the um, uh, of the deep state you'd like to explore, you know, there are a lot of different different topics. And then, of course, Royal Bloodlines is the most recent one, which we're talking about today. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> it is crazy. I just really mm-hmm. wonder, man. I really wonder. I just really mm-hmm. wonder how much war would happen if there wasn't these fucking dark arts. Deep state, Venetian, garbage people. I think it'd be virtually non-existent, to be honest with you, because war drains the economy. And you know, why would you risk? You know, why would you kill your own people and divert resources that you need from you know to, for your own society for war? You know, it's a wasteful enterprise which only really benefits the defense contractors and the bankers. I can't, I can I can't agree mm-hmm. with you more, man. Susan, thank you so much for coming on. Thank we you, really Steve. do appreciate thank it. You. you have an open door to come on anytime. We're uh, we're gonna put all your links in the uh, in the description of things. And I guys, I cannot recommend Royal Blood Lies enough. I mean, it breaks it all down. And just understand, there's a small group of people causing all of this chaos and uh if you read i hope you guys take a chance buy the book and check it out and uh susan i definitely gotta get you on conspiracy you, social club uh to school my friend brian callen and uh just 
just ruin his uh, psyche, which would be fun to watch. Uh, you are the best. <laughs> Susan, thanks for coming on. Um, we'll do it again you. soon. Okay, talk to you soon. Thank you. Love you guys, and we'll see you guys in Minnesota. Bye, everybody. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. There's, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.